Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. Today we're talking about anxiety and we're talking about not just anxiety, but how we can overcome anxiety, what that looks like, because anxiety is just such a pandemic right now for us as people. There's just so much of talk of anxious thoughts and anxious um just minds. And, and and I just feel like because of the world that we live in and everything that's going on, everything's so rushed, everything's in a hurry. There's so much pressure and we struggle with anxious thoughts, which leads us to anxiety. So I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about my story of where this this message really came from. And then I want to talk about what anxiety is. And then we'll go into three things that the Lord showed me that we can do to overcome anxiety. Okay. So first off my story. So um, obviously growing up, I, I lived in a, in an anxious world. I lived in, my mind was always full of anxiety. I always struggled with anxiety. I didn't know that that's what it was, but later on looking back, I can see that, that what it was. And so when I gave my life to Jesus and whenever I really surrendered everything, he began to teach me some of how to not think like that, how to renew my mind, how to come out of that. But there are still times in my life when I've had anxious thoughts. I'm not beyond that. I don't think any of us are. The enemy wants to keep us in a state of anxiety. He wants to keep us in a state of having anxious thoughts. He wants us to stay in that state of fear and worry and doubt and, and all of those things. He wants us to stay in that so that we do not do what God is calling us to do and we have a miserable life. That's just how it is. And so throughout my life, even as a believer, there've been times that I've struggled with anxious thoughts and not too long ago, it was just this last week, there's been a lot going on, just family and there's some financial things we have going on where we just started a business. We just started a ministry. For those of you to, that don't know that, I know I've talked about the ministry, but we've also started a business um, because my husband got laid off back at the beginning of the year. And this is something God put on our heart. So we're trying to juggle all of these things. And in the midst of this, I get this brilliant idea that I'm going to redo some of my identity book. And so I started working on it. I found that there were some mistakes in there that I didn't even know were in there. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be, because I'm about to do this in other places, um, there's a, a couple of churches that I'm going to be doing this this study in, this the the eight, nine week study of identity in. And so I was like, gosh, I just, I really want this to be polished. And honestly, um, I didn't pray about it and ask the Lord. I didn't say, God, do you want me to edit this? Do you want me to make sure that it's polished? I I didn't. And I'm just being real. And in that, I got very frustrated as I started moving forward because I got it all edited. And then I went to upload it. I messed up the manuscript and completely lost my old manuscript. So now I was at a place where I either had to upload something that wasn't correct or I didn't have anything. And so it was this whole mess. It took me days upon days. And there was this one point that I got to because every time I would fix something in the formatting, it's it's a lot of work. If, if, you, if you've never um, done it from scratch, if you've never uploaded a manuscript from scratch from Word to KDP, it's, it's a lot of work. And um, in the process, I just allowed myself, I want you to hear this, I allowed myself to get 
worried and concerned. And where does that come from? It usually comes from that place of fear. I began to fear, oh no, what if I don't get this done? I'm doing this book and that starts in January and I have to have it read. And all of those thoughts begin to go around in my head. And you know, whenever we get like that, what happens, then everything else that's going in our life, going on in our life begins to, to, pile up, doesn't it? Like we begin to think of things that don't even have to do with that one thing. Oh my gosh. And then there's my kids and then there's this and the business and the ministry. And oh my gosh, has God even called me? And we work ourselves up. And all of a sudden we are sitting in that place of anxiety. We're sitting in that place where we have these anxious thoughts that are going around and around in our head and we feel helpless and hopeless and we don't know what to do. And we've all been there at some point in our life. And and that was the place that I was headed. I was headed in that direction. I started thinking about all these different things. I was getting frustrated. I mean, I spent from morning until evening, I would come out of, I, I work in my room. I have a desk in my room. I would come out of my room to eat and to say hi to my family. And then I would go right back up and I would work and I would work and I would work. And I just kept going in circles and circles and circles. And I was getting so frustrated and so worked up about it. And finally, um, one morning I get up in the morning and I spend time with God in the morning. And I was just really, honestly, I wasn't even, I normally like to praise him and thank him first and just really go over how he's faithful. Cause it gets me in that right, my right mindset, but I woke up just upset and I was like, God, I don't know what to do. And, you know, I just kind of had this like vomit fest on the Lord and not blaming him, but just saying, God, I don't understand. Like I can't move forward and now I'm stuck. And I just felt so trapped in all of this. And, you know, of course I didn't br just bring up the book. I bought up, brought up everything else. And I just felt like the Lord was there to listen to me for a minute. And then he said, Carrie, listen to me. Like I've, I've told you this, I've taught you this. We've been down this road and like from this place that we're at, you're not going to be able to move forward. See, it wasn't about the book. It wasn't about the things. It wasn't about all the things that were going on. It was about my attitude. It was about my mental health. It was about the thoughts that I was thinking. It was about the fact that I was actually stopping myself because I was so frustrated by the time I picked up my computer that I just couldn't move forward. And so the Lord began to bring a couple things back to mind to me. But what's cool is he showed me a scripture and I'm going to share this with you. This is the third point. So you'll have to listen all the way through to hear it. But he showed me a scripture and something that I'd never seen before in ways that we can overcome anxiety. And so we're going to get to that in a minute. But I do want to say, and just a lot of times I forget to tell you guys the end of the story. Um, I did get the manuscript. I actually started all over. Um, a friend of mine was praying and my husband and I all had the same idea of just completely scratching it, starting over. I unformatted everything. I started over, got it done in like a day and a half, and I'm almost back to uploading it. So pray for me. I'm so close. It's I'm I'm it's good. It's good. It's going to get done. But anyway, I want to tell you guys the end of the story because I've had you guys text me and message me before. Like you never finished your story. Was it, did it end well? It did end well, but getting back to anxiety. So first I want to talk about what anxiety is. Now I looked it up in the Webster's dictionary and this is what it says. And it says as in fear. So it talks about if it's related to fear, which all of these de definitions are, it says an uneasy state of mind usually over the possibility of anticipated misfortune or trouble. So it's in our mind. It's something going on in our mind. And, and it's an uneasy, it's an uneasy state of mind. It also says apprehensive uneasiness or nervousness 
usually over an impending or anticipated ill, a state of being anxious. And then I want you to listen. I know this is a lot, but I want you to listen to the medical definition, an abnormal and overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear. So worry, concern, a deep concern. That's what apprehension is. You're extremely worried um, and fear often marked by physical signs. So you get to the point where your heart rate goes up and you're physically feeling, sometimes you get sweaty. And that was the point that I was getting to that I knew something was wrong. I was like, this is not of God. This is not where I need to be. I could tell because it had gone from me just being like, Lord, what do I do? I need your help. Like I was doing that every day, praying, surrendering, all that. I went to from that to like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't get fixed. I mean, I was angry. I was frustrated. What is frustration? Frustration is us not trusting God, right? I was all of those things. And I physically could feel my muscles tensing up. I could physically feel myself. It, like it's a feeling like you can physically feel it. And that's what the diction, the definition says, such as tension, sweating, and an increased pulse rate. Sometimes your pulse rate will even go up because you're so just anxious about something. You're so frustrated. You're so worried. You're so apprehensive. And so when we read all of these definitions, we see that, that the, the base key of all of this goes back to fear. So anxiety is directly linked with fear. Now, fear is not always bad. Listen to me in this. God gives us emotions so that we can keep ourselves and other people safe, right? Maybe I feel fear because I'm hiking with my children and one of my kids goes to the edge of a cliff and they're looking over because they're young and they don't see things like I see them. And all of a sudden, big uh, mama fear, not big mama <laughs> I meant to say mama bear, mama bear fear kicks in and I go after them and I pull them back. And that is a good fear. I see there's something that's going to hurt my child. And so I go in and I help pull them out. Maybe for me, I'm, I'm driving and all of a sudden someone cuts me off and in fear, that initial instinct is fear, right? You're like, oh no. And, and the adrenaline goes up and you, you slam on the brakes and and then you're like, oh my gosh, I almost got in a wreck. Well, thank goodness God gives us those emotions so it can stop us in a healthy way. But what we've done is we've taken that emotion, we've taken that fear, and we have literally let it go over and over in our mind. And we think about something over and over and over and over, and we begin to work ourselves up more and more and more and more. And the Bible tells us that perfect love cast out all fear. Now, who is perfect love? God is perfect love. In 1 John 4.18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And prior to this, it says God is love. And so we know that with God, all things are possible. And this is telling us that God himself cast out fear, that we don't have to live in a state of fear. We don't have to live in a state of anxiety, of anxious thoughts. God does not want us to live in our mind in that state. He wants us to walk in the freedom that he paid for us to have. Now, if you came to 
to me and said, I'm really struggling with having anxious thoughts or with, with anxiety or however you word it. If you came to me and you said that, I would not just quote this scripture at you and say, good luck, God helps you, right? I, I believe that that shows us that yes, God will do it. He cast out perfect fear and God is in us and it can be done. But see, he gave us the word. He gave us the word so that we could stand on it in times of trouble and so that we could know what to do when we have anxious thoughts. And so I want to go over three ways that we can come, we can overcome anxiety and it's all based off the word. Off the word. So the first thing that we can do to overcome anxiety is stop claiming anxiety as your own. Stop claiming anxiety as your own. What do I mean by this? I have talked to so many people that have said to me, my anxiety is killing me. My anxiety is going to be the end of me. My anxiety, I'm like, it's not your dog. It's not your child. Stop calling it yours. It's not yours. It's the enemy's and he's using it to manipulate you. That is not yours. Don't put that on yourself. And you're like, well, Carrie, that's kind of religious. No, it's really not because the word tells us in Proverbs 8, 1821, it says death and life. And this is the amplified version. I love this version of it. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. What is this saying? What we speak, we're going to, we're going to live out. Now, this doesn't mean that I can go out in my driveway and say, oh, my 1969 Camaro's here, or we can't speak things like that into existence. But here's how this works. Whenever we begin to speak life or death into a situation, we open the door. We either open the door for God to work or for the enemy to work. And when we call and claim anxiety as our own, then we're saying, hey, devil, hey, Satan, come on in. Hell, like you can be a part of this. Um, anxiety, come on in. I'm welcoming you in. I own you. No, we speak the opposite of what the enemy says. We speak the opposite of what the enemy says. We don't claim that as our own. And I've seen this over and over, and I'm big on words. God spoke the world into existence. There is power of life and death in the tongue. And whenever we speak something over and over and over, then we begin to believe it and we begin to walk in it. And so the more you speak that over you, the more anxious you're going to be the more anxiety you're going to have. Yeah, try something for me. Maybe today or tomorrow, spend all day talking about one food item that you really love. Um, and I've done this before and I haven't done it intentionally, but I've literally talked about queso. I love queso. Everybody knows this. I love queso. Okay. It's my kryptonite, but I've talked about queso over and over and over um, during the day sometimes. And if my husband and I talk about it a lot, guess what we end up getting that night? For a snack, we end up getting queso because we just talk about it over and over. We repeat it over and over in our mind. And so then we begin to walk in that because we do, it's just how we're wired. Our mind has so much power and our, our words are a product of what's in our mind. And so we need to start speaking things out loud and we need to start speaking truth out loud and not speaking these things like anxiety being ours or depression being ours. No, they're not yours. Those are the enemies. Amen. All right. Number two, pray, petition, and give thanks. Now, obviously this comes from the verse Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, mm, 
every situation, in the finances, in the marriage, in the wayward children, in the new job, in the job you just lost in every situation, in the ministry that's not going like you think it should, in the hospital visits, and in the bad diagnosis, in every situation, in the broken friendships, in the spouse that left you, in the person that passed away, in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition. We know what prayer is by praying and petition is, is asking and longing. God, please, Father, you see my child. You see that they've gone astray. You love them, God. Your will is that they know you, God. And I just thank you that you meet them there. You're petitioning. It's a desire. It's a deep desire. It's a deep want for something to come to pass with prayer and petition, but also with thanksgiving. We can't leave the thanksgiving part out. Sometimes we, like I did the other day, just use God to come and unload. And you know what? It's okay. God has big shoulders. He can handle it. He's a good God. He wants to listen, but he is a good God and he wants to help and he is faithful. And whenever we stand on things that he's done before, it builds our faith. I, I've talked about this many times in the story of David and Goliath. When everybody thought David couldn't do it, you know what David did? He didn't give up. He didn't get anxious. He didn't go around and round in his head and think, oh my gosh, I'm 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 so small and I don't have I'm not equipped and I'm not qualified and I'm not anything and I'm just the youngest. No, he said, you know what? My God, my God, my God rescued me from the paw of the bear and the lion, and he's going to help me kill this uncircumcised Philistine. Isn't that amazing? He thanks God. He gives God praise. He thanks God for what he's done, of the accomplishments that God has done through him. He's like, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you that you saved me. And this is what we can do too, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Lord, thank you that you helped me before with this book. God, thank you that you've taken care of us and provided for us financially. Thank you, God, that your hand has been in my marriage. God, thank you that you've been in my children's life and that you've, and you, and you continue to thank him for things that he's done and it will build your faith and you'll be able to see things in a different light. And this is where the promise comes in. If we do this in every situation, if we pray, petition and give thanksgiving, what does Paul tell us? What is the promise of God? That the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. See, if we have peace in our mind, there's no room for anxiety. If we have the mind of Christ, anxiety, you don't have a place in my mind because I'm so focused on who God is and what he's done that I'm trusting that he's going to take care of my situation because he's faithful and he's good and I'm standing on those promises. Number three. Now, this one I've talked about before, but I've never used the scripture. And this is what God showed me. And this is find someone to love. I'm so big on this. I'm like, when we're hurting, one of the best things we can do is we can go out and love people. We can go out and encourage people. We can go out and help people. But when I was struggling that morning and I was, I was crying out to God, he brought me to the scripture in Proverbs. And it's Proverbs 12, 25. It says, anxiety weighs down the heart 
but a kind word cheers it up. Now, when I read that, the first, I don't know how many times I've read that. I've always read it. Anxiety weighs down the heart. But if somebody tells me a kind word, then it's going to cheer me up. If somebody pours into me, I read it from a place of selfishness. I read it from a place of I'm struggling with anxious thoughts. So I need someone to come in and pour into me. And that morning, the Lord said, Carrie, read this from a different perspective. I want you to read this from my eyes. And I read anxiety weighs down the heart. But if I go and encourage someone, if I go and I give someone a kind word, if I go and I love someone, if I go and I do something for someone else, then that will cheer up my heart, then that will change me. That will change me from the inside out. Because again, I'm not focused on myself anymore. I'm not focused on the negativity. I'm not focused on the fear. I'm not focused on the worry. I'm not focused on the business or the ministry or the marriage or the kids or in, in a bad in a bad sense. I'm not talking about we don't focus on those things, but I'm saying I'm not focused on the negativity. I'm focused on going out and loving people. So I focus on God's love for me. And in that, I focus on going out and loving people. And this is our purpose, to love God and love people. And I will tell you that this is probably one of the most amazing things that you can do. If you struggle with anxiety, then take a full day. Just do this challenge. Take a full day and ask the Lord to help you because you're not going to be able to do it in your, in your own strength. But like I did that morning, I said, okay, Lord. At the end of my time with God, I said, okay, show me who I can bless today. Show me who needs a kind word. Show me who needs maybe something delivered to their house or maybe a text or maybe a phone call. God, show me someone I can pour into. And you know what? He showed me a couple of people and I was able to pour into them. And if you do this, I can guarantee you that it will change your mindset. I can guarantee you, I can promise you that if all day you say, God, I'm going to be surrendered and I'm just going to constantly look for people to bless. I'm going to constantly look for people to love. I'm going to constantly pour out because you're pouring into me. Then I think you're going to be blown away by what God does. Because see, what was happening is as I was going out and I was finding people to bless, it got my mind off of the, the book and all of the things, but God was in the background and he was doing a work because he was like, Carrie, as long as you're trying to fix it, as long as you're trying to make it happen, you're trying to carry the burden. You're essentially trying to be me, Carrie. You're trying to be God. He said, as long as you're doing that, you're never going to be able to move forward because because I've created you so that you need me. And as long as I was trying to move forward and push things through and make things happen, that's not me trusting God. That's me trusting myself. That's me getting upset about things not working because I had an agenda. And, and the truth is, is what well, I don't know. I know God told me to, to do these groups, but I mean, he never even told me to do the book, redo the book. But even in that, he's good and he's faithful and he helped me through it. But it took me learning to step out again. And I've preached this and I don't want to be a hypocrite, but man, I struggle sometimes too. I get so focused on my stuff. I get so focused on my work sometimes that I forget that I'm doing it for the world that's out there dying and hurting hurting and, and they need Jesus. I am doing work for that, but like, I don't ever want to forget to in the process of that stop 
in love people. I think that's so important. And if you guys do these three things, then I can guarantee you that you are going to be able to overcome anxiety and anxious thoughts every day time. Now we're not perfect. And this is why we need God's grace. Paul talks about that. He says that he had a thorn in his side, that he had this thing that we don't know what it was, but it, it wouldn't go away as much as he prayed. And he asked God three times, take it away. And God said, no, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. And God is saying, my grace is enough for you to be able to walk in freedom of anxiety. But you have to be willing to step out and start moving in that direction. And, and you've got to be willing to fight the good fight of faith, to take those thoughts captive, to surrender them to God and to say, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. And that's where it starts, right? Is, is a place of surrender. That's where everything starts with Jesus is just surrendering at the foot of the cross. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I hope that this message was helpful to you. I know that anxiety can be just so frustrating sometimes, but you know what? God is good. He is faithful, and he has already paid the price for you to overcome. Amen. Amen. All right. I want to pray for you. So Father, I just thank thank you, God, for everybody that's listening, everybody that will listen. God, I thank you that you brought them onto this channel, whether it be YouTube or Facebook. God, that you brought them to this place so that they could hear the truth. And the truth is what will set them free. Father, I thank you for that. That the truth is what the truth is what's setting you free right now. You, 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 you've got the tinglies, you've got the Jesus tingle. You can feel it right now. Something is happening to someone that's listening to this. And, and, and it is the truth that is hitting your spirit. And you're gonna know what to do, and you're gonna be able to walk in freedom from anxiety. And it's had a hold of you for a long time, as God is saying, no more. This is the truth. This scripture is the truth. And this is what's setting you free. So, Father, I just thank you for everyone listening. I thank you for that person in particular, God, that you've already set them free, God, and that you've shown them the freedom in your truth, in your word, God. And I just ask that whenever they begin to feel and hear those thoughts of anxiety come into their mind, God, that they're able to stand on your word, that they're able to pray to you, they're able to surrender, God. They don't call it their own, God. They let go of that, God. They're able to pray, petition, give you thanks, God. They're able to go out and love people, God, and that you are working all things together for good for them because they love you and they are called according to your purpose, Father. So I just thank you, God, for all of the people listening. I thank you that you are working in all of their lives, God, that you are bringing them to a new level. I just feel like it is a new level season that God is, is promoting some of you guys. And this is the next step. So father, I thank you for that. God. And I thank you for what you're doing, God. And I thank you that you are giving them revelation in a deeper, a deeper revelation of how to overcome anxiety. We thank you, God, that you were always faithful and that you were always good. God, I ask you that you bless my friends, my brothers and my sisters in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. 